Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Adventures into Reality. I am Andrew Bartzis, your intrepid galactic historian. And today I am joined by my international co-host, Kathy Ma. Ooh, what a wonderful welcome. It's great to be here. Lots of fun. I can just tell we're going to get some really interesting calls today. It is going to be one of those days where the wheel of collars is going to be heavily used. And the way this works is when you call, you must mute. You must be ready and understand there are thousands of people that are trying to call at the same time. Sometimes it's hundreds and sometimes it's a person with a rapid redial button. <laughs> We know who you are. <laughs> we know who you are. And the individual person that was using a war dialing system for 21,000 calls, you, are, you, you aren't going to get through. <laughs> <laughs> the things that, that go through, I, I, I remember a few weeks ago I was speaking to the station owner, Hawk, about some of the things that go on with the calls. And uh, we, we get a lot of calls here at the show. It's one of the reasons Kathy and I continue to do this show and we have such pleasure out of doing it. Mm, yes, it certainly is. It's wonderful to be able to talk to so many different people and share in everyone's lives as they share in ours, I suppose. <laughs> so we are going to turn on the wheel of collars. And our first wheel of collar has been pre-prepared because Jean-Paul was not able to get through on the last call. Jean-Paul, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Edmonton, Alberta, but I'm originally from Saskatchewan, uh, just uh, by North Balford, from a reserve. How did you find out about the show? Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I first started uh, way back when uh, when you did your series with uh, Lance White. And when I watched it, it had uh, not many uh, viewers on it, maybe 50. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've been a, a great fan of yours been around a long time. So what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Wow. I've been like practicing this the same uh the same scenario over and over again. And I do have lots of them, really. Uh a little background on myself is uh I've been I've been living in Edmonton and I've been part of that ceremonial circuit, you know. And I just wanted to uh, get some feedback on many things. And, and lots of those things don't really include me. It's about the people that I'm with and the communities that are in Saskatchewan. Okay. Who are having so, a hard time right now. So are having a hard time. So what year were you born? 1968. 1968. So let me scan in your individuated field right now. There are a variety of... Hold on one second. Let me, let me translate this correctly. Hollow, ho subsurface beings. Let me, let me reiterate. These are not hollow earth beings. These are subsurface beings. They still live, they still live on the surface. Um, just under, um, Max, you're going to have to mute over there. So there is still living on this, just the subsurface, even though they're still considering on the surface. So they live a few hundred meters under the ground, not kilometers under the ground. And these beings have been working with everyone in your area. And there's like a bee's nest has been stirred up over them over the last seven months. A large variety of them have come out of the ground. Now, there's a variety of species. One is um, what we'll call 
the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch. Another is a cousin to this called the Wushania, and it is a, a, a hairy man that stems from the first line of, home, uh, of humanity um, from about 11 million years ago. It was thought to be extinct here, but it actually stayed in time, its own personal timeline fallout shelters. So these beings are beginning to dismantle the sacred geometry system created by sorcerers and wizards that came into the Saskatchewan area around the late 1700s where they began capturing the sacred places of the variety of tribes in that area and creating their own things on top of them that altered their energy. These subterranean beings are coming up from underground into the foundations of these buildings and beginning to remove literally the sacred objects that are embedded into the foundation. And this is something that you're being exposed to and as part of this reading I'd like to illuminate you that you too have a part of disassembling the sacred geometry system. And that would be through identifying the sources of negative sacred geometry in your area and then creating a information prayer ritual that connects to the guides and guardians of your area so that an agenda can be formed through the surface ancestors, the subsurface ancestors, and the living beings, ancestors of the surface, so that the future generation can begin to naturally incarnate in the area. What is going on is a disassembling of the sacred geometry system so natural incarnation can take over. And there's a tremendous amount of spirit guides who are stepping forward and volunteering at this moment to assist any shamanic personality, shamanic group, or community that wishes to be a part of dismantling the sacred geometry system with as much love and reverence for the land as possible. Because if it is does, done wrong, it'll create a great form of psychic pollution. And this is one of the things many indigenous tribes want truth to. They want to be able to reclaim their sacred sites without the psychic pollution of the white people on its surface or any of the other cultural societies who have also been forced impregnated to, into the area. Do you have any questions about that so far? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's uh, amazing, Andrew, and I thank you. Uh, I always, uh, my dreams are, are um, pretty, pretty uh, vivid lately. And I do recall uh, you know, seeing these, you know, the Sasquatch in my dreams, then they stare at me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lots of times. And I, I never knew why. I never knew if I was just a dream dream or... Until uh, further in my life, I kind of thought, yeah, they definitely have something to do with me. They, 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 you know, always, I don't say every night, but I can recall a few times where they. Uh... So it isn't just the Sasquatch. As I mentioned, there are some other versions of, of humanoid out there. There's about seven different expressions that are working with you because in previous lifetimes, you were a friend to them, a ally to them, a co-creating etheric source with them. You've, you've done many, many lifetimes living in their communities on the subsurface and the surface, whether it was with the indigenous tribes of the north or the south, the east or the west, because these, these other types of beings live all over the world, as well as the ocean versions of them. And there's a, a living version of you in the Pacific Northwest um, the Vancouver area around 1315, 1320, 
where you were bringing the ancestors of the the hairy people who lived in the water with the seals and so forth to the surface and they met the Sasquatch of the trees and there was a great ritual that was came together and there were thousands of shamans spread through throughout many of the indigenous realms who assembled um, on the island in Vancouver Island for this unique purpose that included off-world star brothers and sisters separate of the system of domination and control. Amazing. So they see you as the soul that has a psychic pheromone of intense leadership. How often hmm. have you seen yourself the leader in the spirit world? Lots. Are you ready to manage the spirit world as the leader of this world? Not that that's just the, the whole world, but your individual world with all of the spirit beings that are looking up to you as the leader in the manifest now with their co-creative power behind you. It's, uh, it's a lot to uh, handle, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I know. I, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know what, I'm, what I'm doing right now, I'm just like, uh, I seem like I'm not even here. But you and are. Yeah, I know. That's you <laughs> are innately here. And being asked, can you transform your old methods into a synthesized new method that includes the spirit world and you being the leader in this manifest world, the leader hearing of all the points of view of the spirit world and then beginning to present it in physical manifest ceremony so other ceremonial beings, physical and non-physical, can begin the higher translation process. That is... Uh Amazing. I, you know, I'm uh, totally stuck for words. You really got me, you really got me today. Yeah, there's more I there always, too. I, yes, I, uh, you know, and have patience with me. I, it's, oh, I have uh, tremendous patience. I know this you is, do. This is the spirit world in yes. conjunction with the Akashic record, looking at this form that is you. And this form that is you took on a poison when you were about 15 years old. And that is your true limitation right now. Hmm. But what really happened when you were in that 15, 16-year-old lifetime? This it was really traumatic for you. Uh, you know what? I can't remember. The traumatic as in... Man, did you break an arm or something? Nothing, nothing, nothing physical. Nothing physical. I, uh... Racism? Racism, uh, of course, maybe lonely. Uh, I was always lonely. Uh, you know, something, I just, uh, something traumatic. I used to remember, I, I used to have this, uh, this one occurring, something used to happen to me when I was a kid. Uh, lots of things, actually. And one thing that comes to mind is when I used to lay down, and then there was, a, there was this, this pulse used to come out, animate me. Uh, it was like, it would come out of me. For my for my um, center, it, it would pulsate. At first, it was the more of a waving from the feet all the way up to the top of my head, all the way down, and and I don't know if I can recall if that was a, a bad thing or I don't know. So what that was was actually a spirit guide that was clearing your field of a psychic parasite. Oh, I, I was reading that and 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 trying to identify. Um, why you can't see the trauma because some of the trauma is in the unseen world 
it, it appears someone arrived at your home at that time and was in a very, very nasty place and came home with um, a tremendous amount of psychic parasites that just infested not just your home, but the entire neighborhood. Oh. And a spirit guide came in and did a multi-year-long process of eliminating these parasites. Oh. And at the end of it, there would have been some kind of major issue in the community. Usually it results in a suicide. When I see this types of mass parasites, it's usually a suicide demon. And then the demon's defeated and it moves on to another city. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, like I said, I, I can't come up with nothing right now, Andrew. I'm sorry about that. But. Well, when, think about it when you're in high school. Maybe there was somebody that, that, you know, you might have not realized it might have been an adult and not in the newspaper at that time. But that's, it, it's really obvious to me looking at the energy frequency. I think it's a really, really, really vitally important that you begin a new ceremony and ritual that acknowledges your previous past similar to the telling the story to your fire yes. um, but more in a recalling of your previous ceremonial expressions a a counting coup victory of the ceremonial fires that created the spiritual you okay okay recall those things reconnect yourself to the original medicines the original teachings that brought you forth as the seeker that you are today. Yes. By reemerging that, the next level of your advancement is going to be how you are going to choose to be a presenter of spirit information. Whether it's to private people or publicly will be your individuated choice. You're a spirit yes, talker. You're you're also I will go to say a medium in the Native American expression, being a medium to the ancestors of the past and the ancestors to the future, not necessarily to individuated ghosts who won't pass on. Very interesting, Andrew. An ancestral communicator, much like there are horse whisperers and dog whisperers, you would hear the ancestors of the past and the ancestors of the future. If you had been born a woman you would be an incredibly good case for a doula, so one that assists women in the birthing process. But because you were born a man this time doesn't mean you can't do that. Your individuated process would be different where you would be assisting the male, the, the bonded male and female in discovering the spirit of the child in ceremony before inception. And you would do that for many months in a row and then they would go with, with the woman doula and do the ritual and then go create the inception. And then a few days after the inception, the next form of ritual would begin, which would be connecting the mother and father to the actual consciousness manifest, which is the baby whisperer part, which I mm. also think is innate in your lineage. Okay. Hmm. Uh, can I uh, ask another question? Sure. Okay, so oh, um, now I I awoken, right? Uh, you know, I I just happened. I I wasn't really, I don't know. I I thought it would never happen to me, really. And 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 the the way you mentioned it yesterday about uh, trusting, you know, that level of trust is, is it seemed like you had that, oh, that whole show about uh, about me. 
you know, I always get that with you all the time. You always a lot of people it. do, yeah. Yes. And uh, so what happened to me, I was, you know, I'm sitting on the same spot that I'm sitting now. And then uh, I had uh, uh, an awake vision where I was talking to the sun, mm-hmm. right? The sun was there. Uh, it showed me uh, this a sine wave, a 3D sine wave, you know, how it, you know, it's like a S pretty much laying down. And, and, and it stopped, and then what I can remember, it, it, it occurred about a second or two, but I, I was pulling up uh, whatever I could pull up from it. And I, I remember uh, the council was, was, was there, and they were talking about me and how, how they sent me here at this time. And, uh, and, and I, oh yes, and I got like, a, I think I soul codes, I received the soul codes, because it, it, the, the, way, the, the way I thought about it was like... Um, Guitar Hero, you know how the how the chords come down when he's playing yeah. Guitar Hero, similar yep. similar to that. And I wonder if he can uh, re, uh, have some insights on that. What sure. actually happened? Were you practicing the stuff from the members group when you're looking at the sun? Were you using the spiritual photosynthesis process? Were you uh, had that, your was, eyes that was that was after. So you had already connected to the sun in the golden tube previously. That was like, uh, I don't know. I that's the thing. I uh, I think so. I, I, I you know I I have so, all these uh, assumptions, but okay. So a lot of times when people get exposed to the meditation teaching, which is um, using spiritual photosynthesis with your eyes closed to connect to the sun to activate the chakra points to create the golden tube of protection. Weeks afterwards, the resonant field of light that you left in the sun returns to you as a positive echo. So when we're looking at the sun, and we have done those previous meditation teachings where we've connected to the sun, asked our most important question, gone halfway to the moon, returned back, re-empowered the golden tube, and we do all that, there is your light, your residual light begins to return to you with more soul codes information. It is literally the pieces and parts that have been lost to the universe found a solar system were able to return to our place and then return to you as a signature frequency of light because you completed part of the soul form teaching, which is going to the sun, activating your codes, finding your right celestial city in the sun, and then returning back to earth because your manifest duty is here on earth. And your purpose from the sun was to transit the void between the sun and the planet, enter the astral room, enter the anchor room in the astral room, which is how sunlight illuminates the astral worlds because there's no actual surface sun that the astral world see. It's an ever-present light in all cities. And when you go to the anchor room in the astral cities, you go to what's called a direct incarnation. So there is light that's now directly incarnating into you, and it's changing the system that's you. Hmm. Wow. I don't know. How, you know, I had last night. I was thinking about so many questions, and and uh, you know the, how I talk. I I talk about uh, things. You know, about topics that you clearly mentioned over and over again. And 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 how I do it. I um, if I don't know if it hasn't been referenced within myself, then I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, for instance, uh, uh, I don't know, like. Uh, I don't like to talk about you know parasites, but yes, I, I do have my I have my my uh, my dealings with them. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason being, I can, you know, I can, I, I do viewing, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you, that's what you call it mm-hmm. when you, when you see something. Uh, you know, it's how I, and that's how I do it. But I do have another question. Sure. And uh, now I know I am going through some, some tough, you know, things right, right now with, with my personal life and, and this one, this one particular moment was was when um, I was out, I was at home, and and my ex came back in the morning, and it's, uh, what happened was uh, I was laying down. I know I remember it was six o'clock. I, I was laying down, and I was, uh, and all of a sudden uh, I noticed that the light was shining right on my face, and I thought to myself, "Well, I better get up and shut that door or something." You know, I, how can I go back to bed and and my ex was missing that night. So I uh, I opened my eyes and I seen this uh, being by the by the bedroom. He was all glowy and everything. And but behind him there was a light. But behind that light there was uh, like uh, a green pasture, uh, grass and everything. And it was very beautiful. And I didn't understand it at first. I just you know I just I thought nothing of it. And then I I went to bed. And at six thirty, yes, yeah, she, she came back, and then she pretty much, you know, uh, spilled the beans on her addictions, and that changed my life, obviously, you know, for many reasons. And and I, uh, and I, you know, I had never been the same. But but all the things where she was spilling, you know, it didn't really affect me as much because of that. Well, what happened to me? There was obviously divine intervention or or something. You know, I want you to explain that event and then perhaps explain this woman to me because I, I do remember her. Uh, you know, I remember her lots of times. And, you know, the promise I made to her is uh, as she slept, uh, you know, I don't know how long ago, is like I would I would never uh, I, I would stay with her until, you know, and I wouldn't leave her. You know, I and I, I want to know if that's you know, if that if that's true or if that's one of those uh, as- so you, operations where you you know where you you know where it's, it's you know it's it's both. It's an aspiration that is true and not true. Yes. So let me explain it to you. So you said you saw you saw a green field behind the being. Yeah, it was it was it was uh, no, actually it was like uh, it, he was uh, himself. I think he was like blue. I think. Or he was, yeah, but he the was, fe- well, there was a field of of green field behind him. Is what I'm yeah, asking. Yeah, yes, yes. And there was a blue being or some type of being. Did it have any recognition to you? Did you recognize it in any way? No, I didn't. I I haven't really thought about it too much. But if I think about it now, I that I can't was remember. your an- that was your ancestral guardian to what's known as the fields of plenty. You ever heard okay. of that term, the fields of plenty? No, I know. I never heard that term. It is um, a Native American term that is used in a variety of perceptions and perspectives. Um, what it represents is the spirit world giving you literally manifestation of ideas and all of the wants and needs of manifestation that are there. But it comes with a choice point, And it came at the same time your loved one was spilling the beans. So what this is telling me is this this is an ancestral curse that's coming to a resolution. And you and her are are meant to be fire and water together. But inevitably one will have to change to match the other. 
All right, that is our break. John Paul, hold on, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about this. Thank you. And welcome back, everyone, to our next segment. John Paul, are you still there? Yes, I am. So I was talking about the fields of plenty and how its ideas and needs manifested, so on and so forth. It is literally this dream, this half-awake dream, followed up by the spilling of the beans of the addictions, is for you to be aware that there is a long-term ancestral curse that's going on between you and this individual woman. And if this person is going to truly change their frequency from water to fire or from fire to water, they will be a great long-term companion. But if they're not, it is going to be about repetitive patterns of the curse, which is to draw you out of spirit, to draw you away from ceremony, to focus solely on healing this person as a being who has now become a zealot lover. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, it does. And I will go a step further. This individual person wants to change, but I don't think they can. Yeah, I know. I don't think they can without them truly adjusting their individual childhood and the abuses that they went through. Yes. If they're not willing to face that in co-creation, equal co-creation, it is going to drag you down and it is going to be a curse of a relationship and not a great benefit of what it should be. Yes. Thank you. I, I knew that before and I guess, you know, everybody needs to be validated. And, you know, what's the best place of doing that with, uh, with Andrew Bartson? Well, you got a point there. So I want to bring Kathy in here now to talk more about moving forward with the relationships and the energies that are going around you. Okay. Hi, Jean-Paul. Um, Hello, Kathy. Did you say that this relationship was a while ago, or did I hear it that happened. wrong? Oh, I, I've been uh, seeing her for since 1999. Mm. So when did this... Awakening that you're talking about happened. Was that uh, a few weeks ago, a month ago? Hmm. I see. Hmm. You know, I'm asking you because <laughs> that means you have more to go through. <laughs> it would have been easier if it had happened a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, okay. When I look at this relationship and what it means for you, is that there's a lot here that you have to learn. Um, And it's not necessarily lessons about yourself. A lot of it is learning about how to um, deal with other people, their their humanity, them as a being. The things that you will learn from this relationship will hold strong for you throughout your life. So it's a very important relationship in the the sense of, um, I guess, awakening to certain things within other people that you may not necessarily have been aware of before. Um, I do kind of agree with Andrew over that this might not be something that can be resolved for her because she's probably, I'm going to say probably not ready, but I I think probably is is really not the right word. Um, In in some, some sense she is ready, but in other senses there is a... Uh, a blanket denial of looking back and almost like rewriting history. Uh, 
and you know many people have this because we don't want to face what went on or rewriting it makes it sound not so bad uh, and often it's a coping mechanism um, for you within this relationship I think the only thing that you can do to bring this uh, to move forward with this scenario is only just to be understanding of a person's limitations maybe I guess in a way you have to have full acceptance that you may never know what the whole story is or what the motivation is behind it but in a sense sometimes you don't need to know that it's just too personal or too painful for someone but yeah. how they choose to move forward with forward with it and to embrace certain parts of their life that they hadn't embraced before um, you know it, it's one of those things that I'm trying to think of the words to put this like in most issues you really kind of need to go back and you need to um, reconcile with what's gone on and you know whether you get on board with it or not you still kind of have to look at it and let it go but in this case I would say that she can actually move forward without doing that because she's like a uh, a juggler, like a not a multitasker, but she can juggle many things. So for her, she could move forward without having to look back, um, if that makes sense. Yes, um, yes, she, yes, she talked about it several times. <clears throat> yeah, um, and you know, you don't see that too often in people. She has this quite incredible skill. Um, I envy her in many ways. <laughs> I would like to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's, she's, she's an amazing person, but you know, like like uh you know uh, the, the addictions got to her everything got to her hmm. um you know sometimes it's also one way to look at this <clears throat> is some some people have to go through something in order to come out the other end freer not all of us have the same reasons for going through an experience as the rest of us some people's reasons are different um, let's not delve into the reasons for her, but no, of course not. Um, the the issue for her is that she can move forward and move through it and keep on going. The question is whether or not you can be satisfied with that over this particular point, because there's a part of you I can see that really wants to help her get to her root cause. <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. I, you know, and, and she flips out every time I do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I can see it. Um, that's why I'm trying really hard to describe it's to you very, a logical way that you can I accept. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I, I understand. Uh, you know, I know I have to go on and, you know, you know, the, the humanness in me saying, Saying you know I'm not gonna I'm not going to um, you know let this happen to me you know like how many times in our communities we go through this this you know us you know where I'm from it's bad it's very very bad and and you know how many times where where, where people say oh let's you know they have to reach the rock bottom or something and you know I I totally I don't believe in that you know honestly I don't you know it's it's the same beliefs that we had about let's leave them go. You know, and they, and they, you know, worst case scenario, they, they come back in a box. Mm -hmm. like, it's that like, tough love thing that every human being has to be learning from. It's yes. when to love and when to use tough love. And there's that unfortunate side of tough love. It's still allowing harm. Yes, I know. But it's, it's, it's that fine line between do no harm 
and allow no harm and stepping on another's individuated journey. Yes. The addictions are her spiritual contracts she came in with. Yeah. Oh, those spiritual contracts. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's hard to sit by, you know, sometimes. But Oh, yes. It tears uh, me up, of course. Yeah. But a person will be ready when they're ready. And yes. there is no pushing it. Um, but, it, you know, the great thing about it is that for her, she can choose to move forward without having to go all into that nitty-gritty stuff. Um, and I know it's difficult to conceptualize that someone can do that, but she has that ability. Yes, question, I see it too. Yeah, it's whether she chooses it. And yeah. this will come down to a lot of what we talked about yesterday with the discipline and the self-discipline. If she can practice extreme self-discipline, she can get through this mm. very easily. Yeah. But she is not a super strong self-disciplined person. So for you, what you can do for her is help her with that over basic things to build up that, that sort of um, uh, habit of self-discipline. So therefore, she can, once she learns that habit, she can apply it in different parts of her life. But start with basic things. Um, don't start at the, at the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a touchy situation. It's a touchy, yeah. I, I know. It's, you know, I've been thinking about it lots, but... Uh, I, you know, something deep inside me understands it. You know, I can see, I can see she, I can see in the future where she is uh, a whole new, a whole new her, and she is, you know, filled with light. And I, you know, that's the outcome. And for now, I, but I, I don't live there. Well, maybe I do, as in Andrew and you guys. You guys both know that we all live there. But right now, I'm here in the here and now, and you know, I, I feel it. But, um. It's 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 a it's it's good to talk about it, but I do have one more question. If I can squeeze that in there, all right, squeeze away. Okay, sorry, Andrew. Okay, now my question is uh, about uh, our uh, our First Nations. Mm -hmm. Now, are we ever going to achieve true sovereignty? And you know, the treaties will be, you know, you know, are we going to ha even have treaties? You know, are they going to be respected? Like. Like, like, explain that a little bit. I'll be blunt. It took them 200 years to acknowledge that there were treaties in the past they made mistakes on. It'll be another 200 years before anything that's a treaty that represents a clearing of the field happens. Government itself cannot acknowledge anything in the treaties because it would open itself up to lawsuits that would end its process. And that uh -huh. has been the reason that none of the treaties have been acknowledged since the beginning. Government started as a corporation that was based in debt, that was sold to the French, so on and so forth. Our history has shown that treaties have been made and broken since the dawn of treaties and creation. Unfortunately mm. for the native societies and the original peoples of all over the world, the system itself cannot honor a treaty cannot do anything other than label and value you for it yourself. And once it labels and values you and you accept it, and you're still functioning within the rules that it's creating, you have still lost. So the acceptance that treaties are worthless in any way, shape, or form, and the returning to the natural teachings is the true expression that, in my opinion, as a person that's looked 
at all of the different expressions of the original peoples throughout our history of 50 million plus years of the history, the original people before the original people before the original people before the original people who have the same treaties with off-world beings until they too were abused for their land because this is such a unique place. So what I say to the tribes and the nations out there, let go of the laws. Let go of the energy of the system. Let it go to the void so that the stalkers of the void, the Puma clans, can pull it apart piece by piece by piece. Return to the bear clans, the elk clans, the snake clans. Return to the natural ways. And within the natural ways, you will learn the new treaties, the treaties of spirit. That which spirit is making a treaty with you, the individual shamans who live on every different land, to go forth and speak the ancestral truths of our history, our peoples, and the different sentience that live in this world as multifunctional multi-dimensional beings of spirit. Re-raise the spirit and the people and the lands. Allow the next layer of great mysteries plan into the very ceremonies that you create. Similar to the ancient legends when they did the rain dances and the ghost dances and all of those other expressions that were meant to bring spirit back to the land, to bring balance and harmony those are the messages to the, the native people of the whole world. The system is worthless. It means nothing to the true spirit of those that live on a land and balance with the ancestors of the past and the future. Thank you. And, you know, I, I, I've been finding, trying to find that answer, but I, I kind of know it as well, and, but lots of people don't. And that question was for people that don't. Yeah. Thank you. That was a good question. You know, and it, well, actually, it wasn't it wasn't for me. It was for uh, Christina, my uh, my good friend. Uh, and uh, one one last thing. Sorry, I know I'm probably taking your time. It's okay. And um, how about the well, last one is how about the waters? You know, it, I, I'm in Saskatchewan now. There was a, a water leak. Uh, no, sorry, uh, an oil leak that kind of contaminated the whole river, and it's horrible up here and by North Balfour region. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I work in the oil field, and I know, like, you know, there's some, obviously, some um, um, shenanigans going on with, the, with, the, with their, their excuses saying that it's, it's okay. And I don't know. I, could you throw some light on there a little bit? Yes, I can. There is nefarious magic going on there. Yes. So what I can shed light on is... Anyone that is a practitioner of spirit that works in the oil industry, you have a variety of tools that are available to you. And those tools include crystals and minerals, as well as sound and prayer. At the moment and place and spike of a leak, there is a shaman out there, thousands of and millions of them around the world, who can go to that place and close the portal that allowed that corporation to create pollution and that corporation is not a person and yes there may be people in that corporation but it is the artificial intelligence that created the portal when one shaman chooses to close those portals they can allow the land to heal faster that oil that has been partially refined that's now finding itself back on the surface is a redirected of por portion of earth's blood 
and that blood can have a very positive effect on the land if the shamans begin to transmute the globes, the globs of oil into something that brings life force once again. Because life force once existed in those globs of oil, it is still a part of this earth mother. Her very cranial fluid that makes the system go work. So see yeah. that oil as the shaman. Close the portal. Start the secret organization of practitioners and oil fields who are willing to close the portals the corporations create and the managers are unaware of. That is your sovereign duty and right. That's what I say to the oil industry. All of that dark magic can be done by the people that work in the industry, can be taken care of by a handful of prayers, by the right person in the right place in the right time, with the right spirit guides working with them, doing great good. And yes, there may be a disaster on the surface, but it is the shamans who transform the minds of the people to take the disaster and the trauma and convert it into a great victory of spirit. Amazing. Well, that uh, answers a lot of questions. And one last one. <laughs> Actually, brother, I got to move on. We've got a bunch okay, of other callers sorry. that are waiting. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. yeah, thank you. You're welcome, Jean-Paul. You have a really good day. Yeah, thank you. We get some special callers, Kathy. Yeah, we do. Very interesting questions he had to ask as well. So let's move on to the next caller, our next caller via Skype. Max, are you there? Max? Yes, I am. Hey, your Andrew, name and where, where are you calling from, Max? Asheville, North Carolina. Well, welcome uh, North Carolina. How did you find about the show? Um been listening to your YouTube videos. I have a good friend that uh, part of the Soul family. We do solstice and equinox work rituals together for a long time, particularly right at different sites of the country. But he said, check out this guy on the web, <laughs> maybe six months ago. Uh -huh. And that's how I found you. And I'm so a close friend, Jan uh, Janice Sandine, who spoke with you recently. And we often chat about the things that have come up from the videos that we're listening to together. So that's been very, great. Very cool. So what about the material prompted you to want to have a, a reading to make call through? It's interesting because I hadn't tried calling before. I felt like today was the day, so I have a strong will. Um, of course, like everyone, I'm interested in galactic history. I think for me, particularly from the point of view of where I stand in my life now, I'm 63 years old, a community leader, and the work, like the light body work that I've been hearing has been really helpful in just clearing parasitic yeah. energies and fears from the past. So that has been wonderful, sort of an ongoing process. I did read some of the revocations in Washington, D.C. recently and even filmed some of that. Max, this is the producer. Could you please turn the camera off? There Thank we go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So go so, ahead. I had from the well, two things. One from the point of view of uh, galactic history. I had a traumatic childhood, which you know, along with some very blissful elements, that has somewhat scarred my experience. I was at a young age a spiritual teacher and worked with people for about twenty years, and I became very discouraged about where the planet was going, 
which looked like a very much like a corporate takeover and then personal takeover of the planetary energies. Um, I'm a walk-in from 1985, so for quite a few years. And my basic deeper question is, how can I work with this material more deeply to move to the next level to be of service again? Um, so since you're, because, since you're walk-in, since you're walk-in, have you done any past life regressions that discover your walk-in's past lives? Well, interestingly enough, I remembered many, many of my past lifetimes previous to the walk-in. And since then, when I brought in this max energy, or was given to me, it felt, I feel more from the future, which is like the timeline confusion. Um, when I walk through the world, it looks very old, like something from the past to me. Okay. And I've been told, without personal verification, I've been told that a lot of my recent lifetimes were also being a walk-in. Let me reiterate this. I have my own set of constructs mm -hmm. when it comes to walk-ins. So when I look at you in the fetus in the womb, I saw a twin there with you. Mm -hmm. So the twin didn't survive the birth. Okay. The walk-in was your twin coming in. That makes sense. So does that make you an actual walk-in? Right. The answer is, yes, it does by technicality, <laughs> but it shared womb time with you. Mm, Therefore, okay. it was a part of the creational process of the walk-in. So the original you is actually still there. And you're, therefore... You're a twin inside mm -hmm. a single body. And your twin is operating your dream world more than you are. You um, are running the physical world. That makes sense. Eh? Mm -hmm. Now, the disillusionment, it was a corporate takeover of this world. A spiritual corporate takeover. Right. That is representative of the failures of the 50s, 60s, and 70s in which other lifetimes where you were living simultaneously to this lifetime. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. you were a person marching in the streets, where you were a person dying in the Vietnam War, where you were a person in Germany trying to break out of the old frequencies. So you okay. lived scores of lifetimes from the 30s to the 70s. Scores. In the mm -hmm. attempts to cover up what Max would be. The to earned Max up. that you have now. So this is say an agenda. Again, say again, what do you mean by cover-up? If the system understood the bigger plan of what Max was, Max mm -hmm. wouldn't have been a twin in the beginning. Max would have been born into a different DNA lineage and would have ended up probably in Las Vegas as a as the stage magician. <laughs> because that's all your soul would have taken at that time. If you couldn't do real magic, you were going to do stage magic. Wow. Because at least in stage magic, you still have the awe and wonderment. Right. Because the awe and wonderment was taken away from you, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And I do have a reaction when you talk to about people coming back onto the streets. Because my internal cellular response is, 
when I was younger, everyone was a revolutionary. You know, in my own circle, at least. And now it's like seems like people are just kind of surviving, even though he's in Asheville. You know, I want to say, Laura, can you mute? I think you forgot to mute there, Laura. Okay. Thanks a lot. Sorry about that. Even though here in Asheville, I feel like this is a part of community that we're building a model for the future and very blessed by the magical earth energies that are here, right? ancient energies that are here. So that is really beautiful. Well, one of the reasons you're drawn there is lifetimes that you had living on that coast. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to um, 2100 BC where you're living in the ocean, actually, as a merfolk person. And okay. you would regularly come to the beach and meet the shamans of the local area and exchange stones that you would find under the, under the ocean. Red wow. coral, diamonds, gold pieces, copper, etc. And they would trade with you some of their sacred ceremonial objects that they were trading with people that were deeper inland. Okay? Mm-hmm. This individual lifetime, you, have, you had a message from a shaman that was deep inland that was asking merfolk people to come up the great waters of the rivers and deep into the swamps where they would have to go from salt water to brackish water to fresh water, that there was something that needed the merfolk attention. Um, there were mm -hmm. scores of merfolk that basically went on this great journey with you where you swum up the rivers into the great abysmal swamp. Are you familiar with that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Deep into the blackness of the swamp. Now, as a merfolk, you are capable of shape-shifting into human form for very short periods of time, but they okay. need tremendous amounts of water. And when they go from salt water to brackish water to fresh water, they need to regularly house themselves in that water to go through the expunging and changing of their salinity levels. When you made it to the deepest part of the abysmal black swamp, you were also accompanied by some Native Americans there. Your arrival there, how do I put this, coincided with an off-world arrival of another set of beings who were going to be bringing DNA to a merfolk people who are only going to be born in that particular area. Hold on, that is our break, and when we come back, we'll continue oh. with this. Okay, thanks. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to continue on with our caller. Max, are you there? Yes, I am. So I was telling you about the merfolk and the journey to the Great Abysmal Swamp, to the brackish waters, to the fresh waters. And then right. there was a, a presence of an off-world source um, mm -hmm. that was aligned by the shamans of, of the land. And this is where two separate off-world communities met and exchanged DNA. There was a, a, mm. a let's just say it, a very beneficial meeting of shamantic and off-world beings mm -hmm. who asked a great service of the merfolk beings to come and offer some of their presence so DNA can be extracted from them and the shamans that were there so they could create a temporary skin suit species between human and merfolk so a few hundred thousand souls that were stuck in the ancestral world of extinction could uh -huh. come back into a life force and then brought back into the ancestral homelands of the future generations. Mm -hmm. 
And I say that this life is so significant for you because this is, in a sense, what you are trying to do with communities, to bring the leaders out of extinction, the yes. illuminated beings out of the caves in the mountains, and to make them front stage and center with the right spiritual protectors and physical bodyguards around them that prevent the trench personalities from tearing them asunder and reminding us that this world is a cold and ugly place. Right. I, I felt fortunate that so many of my close associates have been really truly enlightened teachers, and yet there seems to be, at a 3D level, this is pretty constant resistance. Um, and I guess my question behind that is, at this point, I'd love to hear from you an update of where we are in 2016. I felt so many shifts in this particular year and how to take that energy out in public service, whether it's within my own community or in a more public way again. I got a little bit of not so good news for you. It's not about okay. you being in the public community in these times. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not really for any of us. Though at the same time, you have, many of you have heard me say, there will be nothing happening in our world of field of awakening until we see people out in the same scale and size of the 1960s and 70s, yes, beating I've the drum of change. Until that time, it is no different than the last 30 years where nothing has changed and it has only gotten mm -hmm. slightly worse. Right. There's a global infrastructure of distraction that we're all cyber-linked into. Yes. So for you, the individual person, is to disconnect from the global infrastructure of distraction and connect into the global interconnectivity of human species. Mm -hmm. To connect to the synchronicities of all living life. To find yourself rededicating yourself to the shamanic presence equivalent to that ancient being in 2000 BC who take the great trip from the oceans to the abysmal swamp because he did it out of service to this world. Right now you're seeing yourself as service to a community and you have to be see yourself as a service to the global community. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um. redirecting your shamanic intentions to be a part of the global community of thought leaders. Right now your community cannot create any more new leaders cannot manifest any new luminaries because the system itself has a stranglehold on the previous luminaries of the post-generations. Yes. So we must manifest our own luminary source. And this is a call to you and all those other shamans out there that are just like Max that have been living a long time. This is where you go into the spirit world. Because you will not be doing your work in this physical world to make the change. It'll be those that are ready to march in the streets once again. You did your marching. Now you yeah, must march in the spirit world. And understand the spirit world is trying to hand you the ancestral torch of responsibility. Mm, which is are mm. you ready to be a luminary? Glowing light with all of your words. Are you ready to have those group of protectorates around you? creating communities around you. Not a guru, but a luminary no. who's sharing all life force and wisdom and knowledge as a co-creation to the global dreamtime species we truly are. 
it's been useful, like hearing in Dreamtime, working with the North and South Pole energy that you mentioned, um, how it has occurred for me personally is most of my first half of my life, like first 30, 40 years, I would go, rather than astral plane, I would dream into the higher realms pretty much at will in nap times or at night. And then as I've grown older, I'm now 63, I felt like I've become more of a, just playing in the normal astral realms of friends and personalities and chit chat that happens on the astral plane, you know, not too significant unless you go intentionally into a meditation. And that could be part of the embodiment process or part of just the grid of confusion, which your prevents. More like your walk-in was running your dream world, and when it finished the majority of its spiritual processes, you started taking back over. Yeah, okay. okay. But that doesn't mean that the, that twin of you isn't It's just doing work that's not occupying much of your dream space. Mm-hmm. It's happening in another another realm. No, I, I can go further on this twin thing, but I just don't want to confuse you. Because yeah, it you, seems you, like you I started with you started mm-hmm. with this walk-in concept. And and I understand that there's a lack of language between right. the industry that's out there. And again, I said in my own set of constructs when it comes to that. See, to me you're not a walk-in. Though technically yeah, that's fine to me because I I actually don't consider myself a walk-in in that I treat myself and my community as if I've always been here. But there was a two-year period where I became a totally different person. And so there was that thing that happened. That reason (laughs) you became a totally different person was because the reason you had a twin soul was so you could take in a soul shard that was you were unable to take in dozens and dozens of lives previously. The soul Mm -hmm. shard was too big, too broken, too traumatized, too much a warrior, too yeah. much a, an abuser of personalities, a victim and a tyrant. But it mm. needed to come back into you so that you, the authentic Max who creates communities that has a spiritual life, would have the fullness of their spirit leadership within them. This was something that was lost to you during the Lemurian Atlantean Wars, where you had to literally sacrifice a great part of your higher soul to lead people out of destruction and into some form of hope that could last a few million years. Wow. So but I can you have relate to your you're speaking to the light body, the light worker zealots. I could totally could identify with that. Picture. So, mm-hmm. so you had that piece to bring in, and you're still bringing it in. So I, again, rededicate yourself to spirit and, and have an understanding that what's coming to you is, is, is you on a greater density in spirit. It is almost going to be like you're going to be triplets instead of twins. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Imagine another version of you coming in operating in the dream world that's not interfering with you but adding to the synchronicities of life for you and sharing their agenda and synopsis and non-competition with you. I felt that when you spoke about the non-competition and I felt it was just this last week another one of those shards coming in that had its own presence and own way of seeing the people around me that was quite altered 
And maybe the question I have about that is, if I'm living in the woods and in my own time, in my own time frequency, there's a very natural flow to my own being and to the words that come out. And in this in-between world, I tell Janice, it kind of feels like I'm jump-starting between third and fifth dimensions, like a broken lawnmower. It's like going into numerological time, into banking time, into coordinating with life schedules. There's still a disfrequency within me or a, a competition, maybe. Yeah. Welcome to my world. The spirit world doesn't <laughs> use time. And they oftentimes have the most horrible timing of their presentations and needs in the immediacy. This is where you have to tackle the agenda of planned time in this world with the spirit world and truly right. give it the sacred manifest time so you can create a set of protocols because you are meant to be here in the physical, not over there doing your work. You wouldn't have been yeah. born if it was all over there. 95% of your work is here. And that's really useful just to hear that okay. agreement. So how do you make the agenda? Well, that will be how you sit in sacred reflection to yourself and record what the spirit world needs monthly and put it on a okay. calendar. Because like if they can't do things in two ceremonies twice a month, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're lazy ancestors. They're infinite beings. <laughs> okay? like uh -huh. If you're not uh, paying attention to what's going on, you're in what's called unknowingness or mm -hmm. in a blissfully ignorant state allowing the ancestors to brunt the work. We can't allow the ancestors to brunt the work. We can't just give them give them things and say, go out and do it, and I trust you to do it. We must be an equal co-creation. Mm -hmm. And you do that by giving them energy through offerings. Right. Indigenous peoples throughout the dawn of, since the dawn of time have been giving offerings to the ancestors. It is innately inside your DNA. So when you make offerings to the ancestors that has the true spiritual shamanic intention of the luminary heart inside, that you know you can do when you're not in time. You manifest that in time. And that time that you do it and those words that you say go an infinite distance into dimensionality. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. So I have a question for you. Have you ever done the healing path? Healer's hands? Mm. In my own way. In my 30s, I became a healer, and I've been doing shamanic work for about 30 years. So the hands-on healing aspect, have you, have you done that? Yes, a lot of it, and still do. What method are you, are you using? Your own hybrid? Own hybrid? What do you mean by that? You've created it yourself? Oh, You've learned from a bunch yes, of modalities? Right now, I'm a tantric teacher, so I work a lot with sexual energy. Um, mainly what I do is balance people's endocrine system and breath so that they can relax into a, a healthy paras parasympathetic relationship with their own vitality. Mm -hmm. And some of my friends, my partner also study a system called human design that's designed to help people reclaim their own authenticity 
to what we call sacral intelligence, which is also erotic intelligence and native, intuitive, cellular um, wisdom that's not mental, generally. Okay. So what I'm going to describe is a, an actual skill set that you innately have inside you that you were born with. The mode okay. that you are healing is representative of thousands of past lives where you did virtually the same thing but just apply a different era of time and a different group of cultures mm -hmm. that allowed a different set of positive things about or the taboos of sex or, or relationships. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've been doing that. There are yes. also other lifetimes where you don't work with the interpersonal relationships and the traumas of the, the, the energy of Jawadi. You work specifically with what I call recovery of lost parts or soul shard recovery, shamantic journey. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar where with that. you work with personalities who may be perceived as fractured, broken, uh -huh. haunted, cursed, or something else along those negatively expressed words. Right. Where you create the super sacred frequency of that being and yourself, and you journey to where their parts are, and you reassemble them. Almost mm. like Humpty Dumpty putting, you know, putting Humpty Dumpty back together. That is your birthright. Yeah. And there are but a handful of beings who have that as a birthright. Mm. And mm -hmm. I would really encourage you to look at that because you have been practicing Tantra and a teacher at it. You will innately know the truth of the source beings that you're connecting to. You will mm -hmm. have the breath technology and spirit capable of journeying. It's a matter of redirecting some of the talents and finding the first couple of people who want to volunteer for your new exploration of consciousness. And okay. you will begin to have, I cannot even begin to tell you, the mystical experiences that you have been waiting for. It's going to curl mm -hmm. your toes up and your hands are going to fly in the, <laughs> the air. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Very blissful. And I'm familiar with what you're saying and actually have not practiced that partially through this discouragement of removing myself from the world of personalities. And yet I just recently had a client comes in every couple of weeks that is in need of what you're speaking. So let me assist you one layer further. Okay. Um, do you drink alcohol? Uh, very rarely. A little beer. Okay. So what I would like for you to do is to go and purchase a bottle of alcohol and you're going to okay. make it a sacred bottle of alcohol. You're never going to you're not going to drink this. Okay. When you begin to know that this person is going to come and work with you, that you are going to working on the more denser energies, I want you to put some of that alcohol into a spray bottle. And I want right. you to spray your hands four or five days, twice a day before you go and work on that person. Okay, one or two spritz mm -hmm. on your hand and then rub that alcohol into your hand to open up the pores and the energy frequencies of your hand. Right. Inside that alcohol is the spirit. I just That's, use the uh, Agua Florida for that in the traditional sense. But okay, sure. I, love, I love spritzers. That's great. Okay, spritzers. <laughs> and then the key is the intentions that you are putting into that alcohol. It is a spirit. Mm -hmm. You are going to read contract revocations to it your greatest prayers, your greatest protections, so on and so forth, so that this bottle 
is this giant battery of energy so that when you run across dense areas, you will be able to spray the spritz over an area and begin to remove energy, much like oh. a shovel system. Okay. And the alcohol will be like the oil that, that greases it so it pops out, as well as a dispersing frequency. I enjoy working with uh, essential oils and alcohol in that way. Then you, you got that concept. The key is how yeah. much energy you're going to put into it. So the preparation of the intention and the prayers, yeah. the revocations. The truth of yeah. those intentions because it will be one of those incredible healing tools. Then the next thing Excellent. I'd like for you to do is to actually okay. learn how to brew your own beer. You okay. can go to Walmart and buy a kit for 60 bucks. You can go online. You can do it on your own counter. Again, mm -hmm. you're not going to drink this. This is going to be, how do I put this? <laughs> yeast is alive. And mm -hmm. when you give it all of the sacred intentions, you are going to give it the further intention of assisting you in medical diagnosis of spirit traumas. Okay. So it is going to be your psychic surgeon's tool, almost like when you work with the beer and if you put it in a keg or whatever it is that you put in, it is going to show you issues about the clients. So it can just be in the room as a bottle and just you'll be there. able to okay. look to it and it okay. will be able to share vision with you. Wow. Okay. I haven't heard that one before. Okay. No, because this is specific to your skills, and I'm, what I'm doing is reading your individual Akashic record because, again, I cannot tell you how much that the, the spirit world is really pushing me for you to look at the shamanic journey and the soul shard recovery and being, you being a psychic surgeon and making the transition out of being a community leader and a transition back into being the community who will eventually have students around them who will learn the same technique that mm -hmm. you are creating and you're going to master in a short period of time. And this is where I want to bring Kathy in to talk about you redirecting your mind and seeing how business mm -hmm. and networking are vital to a person who is going to make a reemergence and a redirection of their being. Okay, thank you. Hi, Max. Hey, Kathy. Wow, that's just blown my mind. Your mind must be blown too. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, you know, when I look at your energy, I do agree with Andrew a lot about there's a lot more in store for you than you probably realize. And certainly getting more hands-on uh, back in the trenches, so to speak, is definitely on the cards for you because there's such a big need at the moment, you know, energetically speaking, for you to touch people. And I don't mean just literally touch them, but yeah. on, a, on a different level to what you've been doing because okay. you've been in a, a great position, especially as a guidance and um, uh, almost like a guiding light to people. But yeah. it's time for you to get back there because where you when you get back with the people more on the one-on-one -on -one with the hands you are almost turning a, a part of you back on it's like a light bulb and you, you're flicking the switch because when you're doing that kind of stuff the energy that comes out of you that emulates it's like 
you know, a solar flare. <laughs> it's blinding. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, and I think that's something that you can bring to people. Um, not only will it be fantastic for you because you will feel that actual power, that surge of energy throughout yourself, but also to see how you can... Oh, we're coming up to the music. Can you just hold on and I'll get back to you as soon as we okay. come back. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone, to Adventures in Re into Reality with myself, Kathy Marr, and the amazing Andrew Bartzis. And remember, you can get a private session with Andrew or myself by contacting Tanoch at Tanoch at GalacticHistorian.com. That's T-E-N-O-C-H at GalacticHistorian.com. And we'll be able to get to the bottom of the issues and help you see a better way ahead. And for those of you who don't know, Andrew is offering a free video series called Living the Mystical Life Daily. He shows you some tools and gives you knowledge about how to have mystical experiences in your everyday life. So sign up for free at andrewbartsis.com. Just put your name and email when you get to the page and you'll receive the first video right away. Again, just get it at andrewbartsis.com and enter your name and email to receive the Living the Mystical Life Daily series. And if you'd like to learn more about me, please check out my website, which is kathyspearlsofwisdom.com. And that's Kathy with a K. Um, Max, are you still there? Uh, yes, I am, Kathy. Excellent. So we're talking about you embarking on learning this new healing technique and morphing it into something for yourself. And yes. me seeing this wonderful uh, solar flash energy coming through. I'm just very excited. I'm jumping up and down in my seat. <laughs> um, but one of the things I do see about it is that it, it is so powerful. And what you will morph it into is really, really an incredible let's call it a source of light, light healing is the only thing I could really call it. Um, but once you have mastered it and you've worked out your technique, in terms of the business side of it, I really want you to consider as soon as possible to start teaching people how to do it. Because okay. this is something that is just going to rock people's worlds. It really is. And because you're going to be the one who knows all about it, it's very imperative that you teach earlier in this process. Um, and it doesn't even have to be formal teaching because the more that it is being practiced, the more feedback you will get, which only will make it grow exponentially. Um, okay. It's a very exciting thing. You will probably have to think of a name for it. Um, yeah. So I that, have a, that, a fairly long-term light body meditation practice and have been thinking about incorporating that into the teaching mm. it seems that the more and more young people are coming with the solar gazing and really interested in the things that we have to share about that mm. Mm. so definitely I that very interesting people could have a personal practice that's apart from just working with the soul shards and integration mm. at the mm. level. oh most definitely and the thing to do is remember when you come to getting the word out so that more people will know about it um, and have that healing for themselves that you need to think about marketing. I know it's really not you, but you have to think about it. If you don't want to think about it, get someone you know to help you with it and just tell them what you want and then push them yeah. off and let them do it. 
because I can see you already thinking, oh, it's all, you know, <laughs> it's not me, I'm creative. <laughs> but that's okay. But you do need to do some form of marketing. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I look at this, it's a word of mouth, which nowadays they call the WOM, you know, the W-O-M. But that is your most effective. It's people that feel it, um, have experienced it, they're going to be your best marketing tools. So you have to find a way to harness that. And looking at your energy, I think you probably won't do that. So you need to allocate a lieutenant that's going to do it for you. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, and definitely group. don't even ask them all the details because then you'll just want to get interfering and I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. Just just let them do their I, thing. I just met with my webmaster a few days ago. Yeah, there's, um, well, having lived most of my life in California, I felt a reaction to a lot of the hype, new age hype that was there and kind of mm-hmm. had moved really away from it. But I understand what you're saying. Just yeah. Practically. Well, think of it more for you, it's not as much hype as one would think in terms of the marketing I'm talking about. For you, mm-hmm. think of it more as you're getting the word out so that okay. more healing can happen to more people. In your mind, just think of it like that. Okay. And then the details, yeah. not your thing, so you don't even need to worry about all that. But the, I, I would say if you were start to practice this, get everything morphed together, it would only take maybe six months for you to be happy with what's gone on and want to share this technique with other people. So you really don't have long at all. I'm a fast mover. Yeah, I can see. (laughs) (laughs) Speedy Gonzali. (laughs) Well, I guess I I would share with both of you that I moved away from working with people at 97 for about 11 years. I just decided to work with plants and animals and had uh, elemental creatures working with um, making water features and landscapes. And at the deeper level of resistance is I feel like personal healing can only go so far until we have a change in our banking system and a change in the deeper lies and disclosures of the society. Even though I'm not actively involved in shifting that except as an energy being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you know, like I really feel that having worked with thousands and thousands of people in the past, I really felt that wow, this is really limited in what we can accomplish, even mm-hmm. with very deep soul healing, because people are still running up against a society that's not functional because they haven't understood how to take their energy back from the system. Right, right. And as soon as they take their energy back from the system, they they get to be not valued. The system values you at birth by giving you a social security number and a foot stamp. That is the first order of trauma to be encapsulated and released in in anyone that's going to be a self-healing and self-nurturing person. And to say that we are in a time that society is limiting us, it is. It is limiting us from our infinite nature. It's that global infrastructure of distraction. When people let go of distraction and get into spirit, as you well know, they change their lives. But they still yeah. run into that wall of after their lives have been changed and they realize self-healing and self-nurturing is a continuing process. Mm-hmm. They get weighed down by the responsibility of their new awareness. And that is what erodes their good feelings. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. 
Another well, one thing, thing I wanted to add, Max, before uh-huh. we get any further with this, is you will also find that you have a lot of success with this new technique with um, vision problems. And it's not only limited to humans. I really want you to have a think about animals because whatever energy that you're generating is extremely effective for vision issues oh. and also, you know, um, like injuries that, you know, if you have a, a knee injury or an elbow injury that just never straightens up again, those kind mm-hmm. of things as well. I don't know what you do, but there's something that is amazing and you will have great success with those two types of things. Um, but certainly you'll see it more um, profoundly on animals because the effects will be much quicker. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, yeah, and it, it, it doesn't mean like because it's smaller, like for example, if it was a dog or cat versus a horse, it would be the same. It's not um, relative to size. <laughs> Makes me laugh for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to tell us about it in six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for calling, Max. This has been such a great call. Thank you so much for your time, and I really just appreciate the energy that you bring each week and throughout time. So I feel that everything that you are offering is creating a new language for first a small amount of people, but an actual social change for the whole globe. And I know these things just start with seeds and they keep on growing. Oh, thank you very much for saying that, Max. That was really nice. <laughs> You've made our day. <laughs> yes, you have. Okay, good. All right, Max. Well, that you have a good great. day, and we're going to move on to our last okay. caller. Thank you for Steph- sharing. Stephanie, are you there? Hey, guys. I'm here. Where are you calling from today, Stephanie? I am calling from South Florida. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here and just honored to be in service with you guys. Very cool. How did you find out about the show? Well, this is a really funny story, Andrew. You're going to love this one. Um, I'm a co-host on Wolf Spirit Radio for the Cosmic Reality Radio Show with my co-host, my host, Nancy Hopkins and Walt Silva and Mm -hmm. JP. And Dave Corso came in very loud from the other side uh, months ago talking about you. So I started listening into your shows. And you had posted posted this um, interview you did with JP in 2013, talking about the um, the system and how we were going to turn all of the um, electromagnetic radiation from loose into love, and how when we were ready to come to the truth, Wolf Spirit Radio would be um, one of the big players in that game to assist people. So as I'm listening to your shows, I'm going, well, what is the message that um, I need to get to Andrew? So I'm really calling more with a comment um, than a question. So I was listening to you and Kathy last week on charting your course on the show that was on the Dreamtime on July 24th. Mm -hmm. So Kathy was talking about how at night her dream, her dream time has improved because she is shutting down her Wi-Fi systems at night. And you went in to state that the refrigerator is the worst offender in the house, aside from the microwave, which we knew, and that you said with certainty we cannot do anything about that until we make a safer technology 
system of global um, infrastructure that doesn't distract us. Well, through Wolf Spirit Radio, we have a website called Cosmic Reality Shungite, and we are on a mission to seed the global consciousness with this magical mineral called Shungite from Russia, which we call the gift from Gaia. Gaia has given us this because what this uh, mineral does is it protects us from EMF Wi-Fi radiation um, into all of the um, systems. And we make our own products and we are on a mission to um, provide this service. And I really thought that you should know that we have, there is the, these tools out here. And we've been working this mission for over two years now um, in order for people to raise their vibrations and take their energy back from the system. That's wonderful. Shungite is a very, very powerful mineral and uh, a mineral and crystal that when used properly can do all of the cleansing and, and stuff. And it is a gift from Gaia. So, Stefan, I have a question for you. What was your relation to Dave Corso? Well, I'm just working with him from the other side now, as we all are. I didn't really have a relationship with him. I was thrown into this mission um, almost three years ago when I met um, Nancy Hopkins, who is a host on Will Spirit Radio with JP. Shungai came into my life, and as a sensitive, multidimensional being that I was, I was um, really, I want to say, very lowbrational and pretty much near death. Um, because I was so sensitive and open to all these energies, I was constantly being attacked um, through, you know, Wi-Fi radiation that we have to live among. We need technology. Um, however, <laughs> it's doing a damage on us. And where it's do really doing a damage is on the children. You know, I saw that myself. I have a nine-year-old um, starseed child, and she was in the public school system, and I see what this is doing to the global, um, not only the global infrastructure of the distraction, but to their growing brains and their consciousness as these children's manifestation powers. I mean, if every child had Shungite, we can change this whole thing in 24 hours. Absolutely. If every, if every child had any crystal, honestly, <laughs> right. and that's the truth of the, the truth of the power of the mineral community, because they can all share skills. And that's the uniqueness of what Shungite represents. It's representing of all the external sourced crystals and minerals that don't naturally exist in our world. Shungite can be the manifestation and representation of them so that they can create their fullness of spiritual alchemy. Right. I love it. And the, we have um, different products that we have invented that infuse the Shungite powder with a colloidal s silver solution. So when you're putting these stickers on your Wi-Fi routers, your um, cell phones, your computers, you're actually putting this healing field um, and hijacking the system. Um, and, you know, the most important part about Shungite is that we have the large molecule in it called the fullerene or the buckyball, which vibrates and emits the energy field that produces balance at the etheric and the physical level. People need to get grounded and biocompatible with the natural rhythms that our Mother Earth is putting off. I know what it feels like to be up in the etheric all the time and not grounded. It is not a very fun place to be. No, it uh, is not. That, that's, 
that is one of the reasons why spirituality is such a harsh industry right now. Right. I absolutely agree. And Shungite is a tool that everybody, everybody needs and that everybody can use in their spiritual practice and, you know, just creating and co-creating together. And, you know, what you were talking about in the dream world, it really resonated with me because that work is so important that we're doing. But if we're constantly hijacked in our dreams, and especially the children, then how can we co-create here? So By doing ceremonies and rituals with the elements of this world so that we can make a living dream frequency through the interconnectivity of our individual ceremonies spread throughout time. Now, can I ask you a question, please? Can sure. you um, go into the Akashic Records and... Um, give us any information on Shungite or the hollow earth that you're getting on relative to our mission. Okay. So again, Shungite is the planet's gift. It is planetary celestial alchemy. It is a representation of all living beings on this world of every mineral community or crystal community they have ever met before that's in their Akashic record. When every being comes here, it uploads its Akashic record to the frequency of this world, and this world stores a record. And inside that record is everything you've met in one degree of separation. Many people have also brought stones here. After a while, this planet has created alchemy known as Shungite. And Shungite is the representation of every crystal that's ever been experienced by every being living on this world, past, present, and future. So it is every crystal put into one. Just as we are having our awakening, the crystal and mineral community is also having their awakening. Their process is just happening before our frequency of time is coming to an existence. That's why there's a manifestation of Shungite in general. It is there for the people to use. But even the amount of Shungite that isn't used, it is still doing its mineral community purpose, which is ascending those beings who are becoming Shungite beings choosing to be here to manifest what I call the eighth color of time. Our DNA skin suits are seven color experiencing bodies and our soul is a seven color experiencing frequency in a universe of seven color sovereign free will. When manifested into our bodies and going through the, the compression of the galactic central plane when exposed to shungite and a variety of other crystals, we go through the syncopated process of bringing more of the infinite source into our DNA. And Shungite is a, a sample encoding of infinite energy into a finite object. Just like a piece of holographic film, when cut in half and half and half, each individuated piece has everything of the whole. We too, in our own DNA crystallization process of the awakening and the ascension, will use the metaphor in the actuality of Shungite and a variety of other crystals to create our syncopated process of expanding our DNA so all knowingness is within the grasp of the technology I am presence manifested in the now who's choosing to be a non-competition with all other parts of itself. Where we are on the journey, well, that is a matter of perspective. So my perspective is 
thousands and thousands and thousands of belief systems that have millions and millions of people inside individual belief systems will create metaphorical trains that are all heading to the same yard and they will all crash into each other in one gigantic debate of is everyone true and the answer will be yes from each perspective belief in what you believe in is true for you in that moment whether in awareness or unawareness the journey into awareness is determining how you choose to let go of the global infrastructure of distraction as well as the global infrastructure of dream control and mind control by preparing ceremonies and rituals with an agenda ahead of time that neutralizes their poison removes their psychic infrastructure from affecting you because the conscious I am being of a past has charted a course into the future that does not include the global infrastructure of mind control or distraction as a part of your everyday reality. The magical practitioner, the reality program has manifested into the now. By doing that every day, you learn to walk the path of your sacred art of life, living the mystical life daily. Each individual time you make that choice and see the sets of choice points of tacit consent that's taken away from the system, you'll become infinitely more powerful in the moments that you are about to fall asleep. And then you wake up and your sleep will be the next layer of challenge to humankind that's awakening in this process. Can you manifest that dream space where you are awakened enough to call upon the magical skills of your I am presence during the day to manifest in your lucid dream there everything that you want? Because within the lucid dreaming moment and the letting go of the system's energy and the revocation of all the contracts gives the infinite release of the spirit to create something that is so potently powerful for the individual on the journey that it will drive forward their hologram and they will see fire and spark in everywhere that they go because they will have created a thought construct that will forever feed them the infinite source. We are at that choice point in the now where individuals dismantle the global infrastructure of unprotected non-sacred technology and create their own global infrastructure of a psychic network that protects all beings in equal co-creation. Thank you for that. That was very powerful. Thank you. Not often I get a, uh, uh, an avenue. I, I made a choice a while ago to not speak about the changes because there were so many people out there that had their perspective. And I had stated my perspective over and over and over again. And we're at a time this global infrastructure of distraction is taking away from people's self-discovery time. Even shows like this. We are at that critical point where even turning off these shows is critical for people. You know, we have the metaphorical process of a Trump versus Clinton. What does that mean in the spirit world? It means they are giving you the worst possible scenario ever. Total confusion. 100% shell game. You do not know who the cursed energy is going to end up on. Clinton, Trump, or something completely different. 
This confusion is driving the global infrastructure of distraction to create what I call false wizards. And these false wizards are using their presentation of politics and spirit and conspiracy to drive forward a hologram into a direction that is not awakening, but putting more people to sleep because it is still a part of the global infrastructure of distraction. It is not the alarm clock that is waking people up that it was five years ago. It has now reversed that alarm clock energy where you are always hitting the snooze bar because its noise is too much for people. But they are tacitly consenting and agreeing to this process. They are not out in the streets marching in the same scale and size of the 1960s and 70s. When I first came out on Wolf Spirit Radio, within a month of having my first show, I was running a, uh, an actual marathon with Dave Corso on Wolf Spirit Radio and JP, an 18-hour marathon titled Nothing Was Going to Happen Tomorrow, December 21st, 2012. And I continue with that process, that nothing will happen to tomorrow. There is no global awakening. There is no freedom. There is no truth of love and light. It is just the corporations eroding your soul with the global infrastructure of distraction until we see people out on the same scale and size of the 1960s and 70s with a whole new impulse to change the system that does not use the radical views of the 60s and the 50s and the 70s but allows the radical views of the infinite thought leaders and the masterful now 